Hi, and welcome to People of PJC, a community audio project of our community, the Pikesville Jewish Congregation, in which the members of this community share our stories, our passions, and our past to shape how we think about each other in the future. I'm Rabbi Yechiel Schaffer, the rabbi of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation in Baltimore, Maryland. Our young community has grown over the last decade into a 150-member strong congregation with passionate people, accomplished professionals, and many ordinary folk with extraordinary stories. In this space, we will share some of those stories. Today, I share with you my conversation with the Lanes. Libby and Ari are a special couple with deep Baltimore roots and with a very interesting hobby. I'm pleased to share with you the chat we had together. One quick note, that Lane's adorable son will feature in the background of the first few minutes of the conversation. He was so excited to join this discussion that he refused to go to bed. And now, my my chat with Ari and Libby. Hey, uh, Ari and Libby, how are you? Doing well. Okay, good. It's good to see the both of you. Good Good to be with both of you. If we could just start... Uh, by you guys introducing yourselves, telling us uh, what you guys do, uh, how you're surviving in the midst of this corona thing, um, and something about you that we don't know. Uh, l- let's begin from there. I'll go first. You could go. Uh, so my name is Ari Lane. Uh, I live in, I've lived in Baltimore since 1996, previously from New York and before that in Michigan. Currently, I'm a special educator for Baltimore City Public Schools. I've been doing that for 15 years. Um, And during this pandemic, we've survived mostly with TV. Um, And it's been interesting (laughs) having two kids at home 24-7. My wife works uh, mostly in the bedroom during the day, and I'm doing a lot of the double duty. Um, But overall, we've, we've handled it very well. It's been interesting to not be allowed to go out but it's also made us realize what we appreciate at home. Uh, We definitely have splurged and bought some things for the kids because there won't be camp and because school has been limited. But especially for my older son, Aton, he's done amazing. His teachers have been using Google Classroom and he's flourished using it. Sometimes he works past the school day, which I'm very impressed by. And Nadav has had- So tell us, yeah, tell us about your kids. Tell us about your kids. Sure. So we have two children, both boys, uh, Aton is eight and Nadav is three. They are amazing boys. We love them very much, obviously, uh, because they're all still alive here. <laughs> and uh, Aton. <laughs> and they're both, still awake. Yes. Yes, both yeah. of them. Aton got back into Harry Potter uh, last Shabbos. So he is reading. Wow. So he picked it up again. So. so um, yes. The- so Aton is in third grade uh, at oh, Orchadash. And we love the school very much. Uh, he's done an amazing job uh, with Google Classroom. He has uh, Hebrew in the morning and English in the afternoon. And he's really done a great job working independently and problem solving. Um, one of the big challenges that he's had during this time is that, is that he is doing a lot of stuff independently without teacher oversight. And anyone that knows our older son, he likes reassurance. Um, And he's really grown as an individual in taking the lead and allowing himself to recognize the successes that he's accomplished. Our little one, this is Nadav, he just turned three. Say hi. 
that's a good wave. <laughs> um, so for us, it's been a little bit of an interesting experience with him because three-year-olds need to run around and have social interaction with children. And he's only had his brother and his parents for the most part. And for school, he has um, Zoom sessions twice a week, but he's a little bit Zoomophobic, which um, I was actually surprised by because he's a very outgoing child. Uh, but he also has videos that yeah. the teacher sends for them to watch. Yes, they post uh, on different platforms, and it's been great. Um, he's watched a lot of PJ Masks. you want to tell everyone how much you like PJ Masks? No? Okay. Nope. Uh, and that, that's Zoomphobia. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He, he's been working on his olive bat. He's been doing a very good job, and he's doing a very good job with saying his brachas. He knows, Natiwas Yadai in bracha. Right? What else do you know? And Moda'ani and Shema. And Sharon will hopefully see by the time he's like 12. Yes, you're supposed to have (laughs) By the time we we all get out of this. Ari, tell us one thing about you we don't know. So some people know this about me, but most people don't. You do. Uh, We have one room in our house that is just comic books. Um, And that's been my passion since I was 11 years old. And I still collect them. We're going to get there. Okay. All right, I have big, I have big plans for that conversation. All right, Libby, okay. introduce yourself. Let me, Libby, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm Libby. Uh, I've lived in Baltimore my entire life. I live I actually moved down the street so. from where I live now when I was 14. So I've been in this neighborhood the entire time. My parents are down the street. Um, they're still there. What? Oh, we've been married for 11 and a half years, Ari says. I taught for 14 years, and now I work at Social Security in IT. Still not 100% sure what I do. My job varies every single day, working with executives and project managers. I like to sleep when I get the opportunity, which is not often. Interestingly enough, during the pandemic, I actually put myself on a regular exercise routine beforehand. It was, you know, I'll do it when I get home, when I get home, and then there's always something when I get home that prevented me, or I push it off, or, you know, very sporadically, and now I figure I have no reason not to, and I'm exercising, you know, five days a week, sometimes six. So that has been different, and I hope I keep it up when this whole thing is over. Wow. Libby, tell us one thing about you we don't know. Oh. Um, I just decided I really like diamond painting. So that might, that might be my new thing. Say that again? You really like what? Diamond painting, where you have to take these little gems. It's kind of like, I want to say paint by number or color by number, but it's these little teeny tiny gems, and you have to put them on the exact spot, and it's very common. Like... I like reading a lot, but I'm not someone who like wants to do yoga ever, any of that. I just this is very calming. So I have my next one coming in the mail. Libby, what, what are you reading? What's your latest uh, interest? What am I reading? What did I just read? Oh, I like memoirs a lot. What's your favorite memoir? Probably The Glass Castle. I really the like. Castle? Yeah. Who was that about? What was the the story about? I think the name is Jeanette Walls. Yeah, her name was Jeanette Walls. I have a, she wrote another book out after that I haven't read yet. But the story was basically how she and her siblings were raised by two parents who seemingly should have been able to have jobs and provide for their families because they had educations and 
had normal, you know, normal families and grandparents and her father was just super eccentric. There's probably mental illness in there also. Uh, and they were, they were homeless and they just moved from town to town. And sometimes they lived in their car and she eventually became very successful and a successful writer. And a lot of her siblings became successful as well. And she lives in New York in the book um, towards the end. And she sees, I can't remember which one of her parents, like, begging on the street she has the cab driver so she's dressed to like go to some important banking meeting or investment or something it's one of her parents and they're living like this by choice and she and her siblings have offered to help them and they still have no interest this is just their life so her whole life story was incredibly interesting mm. it does sound definitely thought-provoking ari what what are you reading oh are um, you a reader i am a reader i generally do my reading on shabbos in the afternoons uh, I'm currently reading the uh, prequel for The Hunger Games called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, I like a lot of the, the teenage uh, books. And um, aside from that, I, write, I like to read um, action-adventure fiction. Action-adventure fiction. All right, all right let, let's dig into the, what you dangled in front of us a little bit before and tell us about your comic book collection. And, so, how you negotiated, uh, how, and how you negotiated an entire room for this. So I think when we moved to our house about two years ago, one of the things we were looking for was a room that I could have just for comic books so that my wife would not see them. So if you ever hear about someone mysteriously dying under a stack of comic books, it was not an accident and it was my wife who did it. Um, <laughs> I never enter that room. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Ari, how many comic books do you have? About 40,000. Forty thousand. Um, yes. So, in one sentence, what is it about comic books that that uh, you love? What is it about the idea that you just embraced? I like the idea of of the eternal struggle. That there are people out there that want to make things better, and they have to strive in the face of adversity. And it's really interesting to read their representation of culture over the years and how political issues have influenced writers to address many of the issues. I also was, I found this out later on, but I was always uh, fascinated by the fact that it was a Jew that started mainstream Marvel comics, Stan Lee, and, the, and how he got into that. And the fact that something that we consider a kid's novelty has grown into something that has exceeded anybody's uh, scope of belief. Hmm. And do you have a particular favorite comic or character or i i feel inadequate in terms of describing <laughs> the you know describing there must be some appropriate terminology here yes uh i'm, I'm definitely a fanboy of um spider-man Marvel. oh. marvel's the company all i know is that marvel is better than dc that's all i know yes uh i'm definitely a marvel fan and i love spider-man because he started out as a teenage character and dealt with a lot of daily struggle i felt that I was able to connect with that with some of what I dealt with growing up as a teenager and just to see how these characters have grown over the year, even though they're kind of frozen in time because they don't really age. It's been interesting to watch them struggle and grow. And it's something that I've also seen in myself over the years. Is this something you use in your professional life? Is it, is it relevant to your professional life? I, I try to use it uh, in school as, as a way to engage students for uh, reading I used to be an English teacher. I'm now a social studies teacher. When I was teaching English, I would use it as a bridge to, get, to help gap 
inner city children to connect to things like Shakespeare, which they've had no cultural exposure to, but have been converted into comic book form and graphic novel form, which they've seen has been a huge uptake for kids uh, to be interested in reading. Um, there are also comic books for history, which I've used over the years, as well as other books that are age and grade appropriate that have helped to inspire some kids to be interested in exploring material they wouldn't normally be interested in. I mean, let, let's pretend I know nothing about comic books. <laughs> if you were giving me advice of where to begin, what, what would you suggest to my guess is the average listener to this podcast? Where, where would someone begin to start experiencing what you're talking about? I would say to go to the local library when they open back up and uh, to go into the graphic novel section and just read the back jacket of any of them and see what you connect with. The X-Men that are out there have a big connection to Judaism in that there are people that were rejected by society because of who they were. And I think that there's a diverse cast of characters that have evolved over the years that make for interesting read. Um, and one of the characters is actually Jewish in the comic book. Her name is Shadowcat. Um, and one of my favorite uh, comics is when she's, she has a mug and David. And she'll throw in and the I was going to say when she just turns up for Kiddush. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, she'll throw out uh, Yiddish or Jewish phrases, which are really funny because I try to imagine the readers out there that have no context to appreciate what it is she's saying. Huh. Libby, what's your take on, on this whole thing? Um, I pretend it doesn't exist. So. <laughs> I'm sure there's a comic about that as well. Uh, probably. As long as it's downstairs in in the room, it's fine. Did you know this going in? Right, you said you guys got married eleven years ago. I, I did. I don't think I realized the extent or how much space it took up. So in our old house, we lived in a semi, so there wasn't like a room. There was. It took up a lot of space in our basement. So that was kind of how um, it ended up that when. We, I said when we find a house, there has to be a room for the comic books. Just, you know, not to be in the middle of where we want <laughs> the playroom or whatever. Wow. Ari, how often do you just go downstairs and just read and just, like, get lost in your comic books? Uh, I try and do it at least once or twice a week. Wednesday is the day that comic books come out, so that's always the day in the week that I look forward to going to pick them up. Um, that's definitely my, uh, my highlight of my week. He might be in there more than he thinks he is because that's the one room where he can't hear me if I call him. So I know if, <laughs> if I'm yelling Ari, Ari, and he can't hear me. So I know he's in that, that room. At least you know where he is when, he, when, <laughs> when he's not responding. I'm, I'm asking everyone, everyone I'm doing this with, which I hope will be many people on the show, I'm asking them just to reflect a little bit on the last, on the last couple of months and talk about any, I guess, kind of lessons or ideas you're now thinking about, right? Please, God, we're getting closer to returning to some sense of normality very, very slowly, and there'll for sure be some ups and downs. But as we've gone through this experience, you started off at the beginning talking about some of the lessons learned, and I was wondering if Libby and Ari, each of you could reflect on either an epiphany or something you're thinking about that has really uh, stopped you in your tracks throughout this process? Um, yes. I don't know if it's a realization. I have discovered that people, I don't know that I want to say discovered because it's probably, oh, I guess I've known people are a lot more concerned 
with their, I want to say their own welfare than kind of the well-being of the community, not just the Jewish community, the community, whoever you're going to be around going out. I've seen me a lot of discussions on Facebook and everybody's ready to open and this is happening and this is happening, but I also see people not social distancing and wearing masks. And the thought of, or the concern of a second wave or any sort of wave is very concerning to me. I have some health issues. I'm on medicine that suppresses my immune system. So I really feel like if everyone was doing their part with social distancing, not, not staying home, if you're having people, you know, outside, or if they're inside, wear masks, just very, I don't know. It seems like small things like that. I just feel like people need to be more concerned than like, oh, well, I might not be a high risk. Well, you don't even know because there are people who, are high, who aren't high risk and it's affecting them. So I kind of feel like if everyone was just okay with, you know, at least six feet, wear your mask for a while, then we'd all come out of this a lot sooner. But I actually have enjoyed being home. I don't like the reason we're home and I don't like that I can't kind of just decide to run out to get something because there are now risks to be weighed. But I like being home. I mean, Sundays have become our kind of intense cleaning day for a couple hours because we don't have anybody helping us with that right now. And it's good. The kids had to, you know, responsibilities before, but they're picking up the slack even more. And then, like, we hung out in the little backyard and ran through the sprinkler yesterday. Would we necessarily have done that? No, because, you know, we would have joined the JCC, which we are missing, and we would have run to the pool and then run home for baths and run home for dinner. I, I am finding it to be a slower pace, so I'm not um, suffering in this. Yeah, I, I feel you. I feel like there is an opportunity to be more present. When we don't have, you know, pressing meetings or whatever, there are things that we've been able to do that we, I don't know, wouldn't necessarily have been able to do or slow down enough to do. So I kind of right. like Ari, what about you? Um, so when this all started, I was kind of curious how long it's going to go on for, and we still don't know exactly how long that will be. Uh, but uh, as this has gone on, one of the things I've been very kind of surprised to see is that our attitudes have stayed very upbeat. I think that a lot of people, there are people out there that suffer from depression and from other issues. But as a family, I think that one of the things it's done is to make it stronger in our household because we're in each other's lives 24 seven, we don't get a break. Mentally, it's a little bit fatiguing, but on the other side of it, it's been really enjoyable to see our children every day, all day, and to, to see the challenges that they deal with and to see them overcome them. Eitan has been uh, talking socially um, on Messenger with his friends and on Zoom, the teacher does a breakout room, and he's really doing well, even though he's not physically close to his friend. And that is something that he wants to do. Um, for Nadav, as he's developing, uh, three-year-olds run around all day with peers. He, he's keeping me a little bit in shape because um, I have to chase after him. I, I have to do what he wants because it's what his need is and it has to come before my need. Um, so I am more tired out at the end of the day, but it's a good tired and I'm enjoying the fact that I can be there to do that. Yeah, and we're not just saying that. Like, we are really enjoying being with them. Eitan had a social distance play date the other day with um, a friend of a family who's also been super cautious. And we were, the mom and I were kind of like trying to figure out what are they going to do? They can't, they need to be apart. And Eitan really like thought this through. He figured it out. He, we took out two separate basketballs. And I said, well, how, like, you can't even stand close enough to throw two. You're going to get in each other's way. He said, no, one of us will shoot a couple baskets and then walk away. Then the other one will go and walk away. 
and they did that. We took out hula hoops. They had separate hula hoops. I mean, there were Lysol wipes out. Eitan was like, I need to take out wipes just in case. But they just sat down and talked. Like, they entertained themselves. It was like a, you know, seven and eight-year-old for a solid two hours. Easily. And I was really impressed that. That is really impressive. Little kids who were just able to figure that, like, they understood. I mean, the other family also has been impressing the importance of social distancing. They're not meeting with other people. Mm-hmm. So the kid understood, and, like, this was how the play date was going to happen, and they were totally fine with it. And it was really again. I wonder if one of the things that we've learned from our kids is, is the idea of resilience. Right? We all kind of knew that we were resilient, and I think at various, I know I speak, to my, speak for myself at various points in my, in my parenting um, up until this experience, you know, I, I've turned to my wife, I've turned to Aliza at various points and been like, Aliza, I'm just done. Like, I've I got nothing left. Yeah. We need to switch. And here, that, like, there's no concept of that. You know, I mean, there is a concept and sometimes we do just switch, but fundamentally, like, you think you're done and it's just a state of mind, right? It's just a disposition. And if you could figure out a way to get out of that, like, emotionally exhausted moment you get back to it and your and your kids teach you that you can be resilient and your kids teach you that life goes on and and your kids teach you that even if you can't uh, play directly with someone you figure out a way to have fun with each other you figure out a way to make it work definitely one thing that i know that's going to stick out for me is about a month ago Aton decided that he was going to take the training wheels off his bike and that he was going to learn to ride a two-wheeler and in, in true uh lane firestein fashion he, uh, he, he cried, he whined, and he did it. He wouldn't give up. Like, I kept suggesting, you know, like, take a break. We were out across the street on light, but I was like, you, you can take a break. It's okay. He was like, I'm not doing this. I, he was screaming at me on Lightfoot, but he, he would not give up, and he did it. And I was awesome. amazed. He just was like, I'm, I'm not going inside until I've got this. And he got it. I wonder how many kids have learned to ride during this. I know our son has as well. Probably and how many parents have le- and how many parents have learned to let their kids to learn how to ride during this? Uh, it's, it's been an important lesson for us as much as it's been for them, I think. Ari and Libby, this has been so great. I know just a few months together, we can't really get a sense of all 40,000 comics, but <laughs> we can begin. Um, I know, uh, I will say to everyone listening that I think both of you, but especially Ari, you're very proud of your comic book collection. Um, Definitely, and it's a real, it's a real, it, it's a museum. Like it's a real piece. Um, I've had the privilege of seeing it, and you guys are a Baltimore mainstay. So, uh, thank you to both of you for making a few minutes, uh, especially while your kids are running around, uh, making a few minutes to chat. And uh, uh, please send my best to your kids. I, I miss them. Sure, we will. Thank you, and thank you uh, thank for all you. you do for PJC. And that was my conversation with Ari and Libby. Thank you so much for taking the time to share uh, about your lives. As I said, you can't really capture someone's life in just a few minutes together. Um, And certainly you cannot uh, begin to capture 40,000 comics. And one of the things I'm really enjoying about this series, People of PJC, is the new and wonderful things we are discovering about uh, the people of our community. People of PJC is an audio project of the Pikesville Jewish Congregation. Uh, The members of our community share their stories, their passions, and their past, and uh, we uh, begin shaping our future together. I'm Rabbi Yechiel Shaffer, rabbi of this beautiful community. 
To learn more about our shul and to listen to other episodes, please visit pikesvillejewish.com or subscribe to this audio project on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This has been the People of PJC, our community audio project.